Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, here to bring you some more creepy tales of terror and ghostly shenanigans. Welcome back, everybody. I'm sorry it took me a few weeks to get back on here, but here I am with some more scary stories. I love telling scary stories. Speaking of scary stories, be sure to check out my website, myhaunteddolls.com. Check out my shop and the books I've written out there. You can get your autographed copy today. I still have my new book out there, Dark Awakening and Other Tales for a Midnight Hour. This is a collection of short horror and supernatural stories that I wrote myself, all original. So be sure to get your copy today. You can also find it on Amazon and Kindle. It's in hardback, paperback, and ebook. So be sure to check that out, as well as the rest of my books, including the ones about my haunted items here in my very home. I'm sure you'll enjoy those stories. While you're at it, follow the link to my YouTube channel, My Haunted Dolls on YouTube, where I have a lot of videos posted of evidence and spirit box sessions with my haunted collection here. Many of the dolls with little spirits attached to them. And also the live shows we do every Tuesday night, a two-hour show with Abnormal Alabama. You can watch that live or check it out in the archives. And now let's get on to our ghostly and scary tales. The first one involves a man who comes home late from work and has a rather peculiar encounter in the elevator. This one is called Policeman. A few years ago, I lived in a large apartment complex in the city. The building was ten stories high, and my apartment was on the eighth floor. It was a bad area in town, with a lot of crime, a very heavy crime rate. I was planning to move out soon, so I never bothered to get to know any of my neighbors. One Friday night, I came home from a hard day at work, and I was feeling very tired. I got into the elevator and pressed the button for my floor. When the doors opened, there was a man standing there. He was dressed in a long overcoat, and his hat was pulled down low over his eyes. Hello, I said, trying to be polite. The man did not answer. As I got out of the elevator, he pushed past me roughly and got into the elevator and started pressing the buttons. 
What a jerk, I muttered to myself. I unlocked my apartment door and went inside, went straight to the bathroom. While I was washing my hands, I happened to glance in the mirror and noticed something strange. There was a dark red stain on the sleeve of my shirt. It looked like fresh blood. Then I remembered the rude guy who had bumped into me at the elevator. My stomach felt sick. I didn't know where the blood had come from, but I had my suspicions. I immediately locked my front door and then took a shower and threw the blood-stained shirt in the trash. Out of sight, out of mind. Or so I thought. I did not sleep very well that night. The next day was a Saturday, and I had a date with an attractive young woman. I had just met her, just recently. While I was getting ready to leave, I heard my doorbell ring. Who can that be? I muttered in irritation. I was already late for my date and did not want to waste more time. Peering through the peephole, I saw a policeman standing outside. What is it? I asked loudly through the door. I'm sorry to disturb you, sir, he said politely. I wanted to ask you some questions. There was a murder last night in the apartment next door to yours. I was late for this date and I just did not want to get involved. So I said to him, Sorry, officer, I I didn't see anything. But you may be able to help us, said the policeman. Did you see anybody suspicious? Can you at least open the door and talk? I wasn't at home last night, I lied. Sorry, officer, I can't help you. All right, sir, the policeman responded. Thank you for your time. He walked off down the hallway, and I continued getting ready for my date. For the next few days, I felt very nervous. My next-door neighbor had been murdered. The neighborhood was really unsafe. I was just glad I was moving out soon. But I also felt very guilty about lying to the policeman. After all, I had seen the murderer. Even though I had not seen his face, perhaps there was something I could have told the police that would have helped them catch the killer. Sometimes crimes are solved by only one little detail. One morning, before I went to work, I was wondering if the police had managed to solve the case yet. I turned on the TV and watched the news, but they didn't mention anything about the murder. 
When I was leaving for work, I noticed a bad smell in the hallway. It seemed to be coming from the apartment next door to mine. I had a sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach. The hair on the back of my neck stood up on end. I went to find the building manager and told him about the smell. When I mentioned the murder, he said that there had not been any murder in this building. I convinced him to come back up to my floor. When he smelled the stench, he used his master key to open my neighbor's apartment. Both of us were horrified by what we found. My neighbor was on the floor, surrounded by a pool of blood. The smell was overpowering. He had been lying there for days. Kind of makes you wonder who that policeman was or if he really was a policeman. <laughs> I guess we'll never know, will we? Up next is another scary story. And this one involves a group of teenagers who explore an abandoned school that is rumored to be haunted. A little ghost ditty that I call Seven. The following story was told to me by a friend of mine who said she had read it in a newspaper. I haven't actually seen the newspaper, so I don't know whether it actually happened or not. Please read the account or listen to the story I have to tell and decide for yourself. There was a group of teenage friends, four boys and four girls, who went to the same high school. One night they were having a small party in the house of one of the boys. It was after midnight, and the talk soon turned to scary stories. The friends wanted to test their courage by going to a haunted location. They thought it would be fun to scare themselves by exploring a creepy place in the dark. For years, they had heard stories about an old abandoned school that lay on the outskirts of town. Everyone said it was haunted. None of the teenagers actually believed in ghosts, but they wanted to scare themselves, and it seemed like the old abandoned school was the easiest place to explore. One of the girls had a car, so they drove out to the old schoolhouse and parked outside the grounds. The eight friends decided that they would explore the school in pairs. The 
plan was for each pair to walk around the school anti-clockwise. It would take about ten minutes to circumnavigate the school. The first pair would start off and, when they returned, they would tell the others what they had seen. Then it would be the turn of the second pair to walk around the school. The first pair, a boy and girl, set off as the remaining six teenagers waited by the car. After a while, they began to grow impatient. It had been more than twenty minutes, and their friends had still not returned. After thirty minutes had passed since the first pair had left, the others got tired of waiting. The next boy and girl decided to just go ahead and walk around the school and look for their friends. The others waited and waited, but the second pair failed to come back. The remaining teenagers could not understand what was happening. They began to wonder if their friends were playing a joke on them. It had been almost an hour since the first pair had left. The third boy and girl pair nervously set off to try and find the missing friends, but they too never returned. Now the boy and girl who remained behind were very nervous. The girl began to cry. And the boy tried to comfort her. Eventually, the boy said, "I'm going to go look for the others. If I don't come back after thirty minutes, go straight to the police." After he left, the girl stood alone in the dark, the cold, weeping silently. She waited an hour. But nobody came back. So she got into the car, turned the keys in the ignition, and drove to the nearest police station. Four police officers accompanied the girl back to the school, and as the sun began to break over the tree line, they launched a search for the seven missing teenagers. At first, they couldn't find any sign of them on the school grounds, but then they discovered that the side door of the old disused school gym was standing open. The police went inside, but it was empty. There was an eerie silence in the air. It was when they looked inside the toilet in the gym. That they finally found the missing seven. They were all hanging from the ceiling by their necks. The police questioned the surviving girl, and she swore that she had been telling the truth. The seven teenagers had gone to the abandoned school to test their courage. They had no reason to commit suicide. However, 
After spending weeks trying to solve the mystery, the police finally closed the case, saying they could not find any evidence that the teenagers had been murdered. In the end, the incident was explained away as a case of mass hysteria. The police claimed that the seven teenagers must have been involved in some sort of suicide pact. To this day, nobody in that town will dare to venture out to the old abandoned school after nightfall. Is this story true? I'll leave that up to you, dear listener, to figure that out for yourself. I love a good creepy story or even a scary movie where you're left up to use your own imagination to figure out why the strange occurrence happened. That's creepy. And now we have time for one more story before we end. This is a good scary ghost story about a teenage girl whose best friend is plagued by horrible nightmares in which she is drowning. This one is called Under the Water. I would like to tell you a story about my best friend. Her name was Marina. She was a true friend, and she was always there for me. Whenever I had a problem, Marina was a shoulder to cry on. She was like a sister to me. One night, I had a terrible argument with my mother and father. I called Marina and asked if I could come over. She said that she would be very happy to see me, So I went to her house. When she opened the door, I immediately rushed in and started sobbing. She asked me what happened and I told her about the fight I had had with my parents. She told me to calm down and took me into the kitchen to pour me a cup of tea. I drank it and we began to talk. It was late, and she asked me to stay overnight. With great pleasure, I accepted her offer. Marina let me sleep in her bed while she slept on the couch. For a long time, I lay awake thinking about my parents. All of a sudden, I heard Marina's voice cry out, No! No, it wasn't me. I ran down to her and began to slap her face. Marina opened her eyes and stared up at me. She had a look of horror on her face. I asked her what had happened, and the only thing she would say was, 
He came again. I put her in her own bed, poured some water into a glass, and gave it to her to drink. When she calmed down, she told me a story that shocked me to my very soul. A few days before, she and her friends had gone camping by a lake. Around here, the lake has a notorious reputation. It was rumored to be haunted. According to the legend, a man had been brutally murdered and drowned in the lake. They say it happened in the early 1980s, and ever since that time, if anyone goes swimming there at night, he will grab their legs and pull them to the bottom of the lake to drown. When Marina and her friends arrived at the lake, it was already evening. By the time they pitched their tents and built a campfire, it was dark out. The night was hot, so Marina decided to plunge into the lake for a swim. She took off her clothes and dived in naked. The water felt so good. But all of a sudden, she felt something take hold of her legs and start dragging her down. She only had time to shout, Help! before her head disappeared under the water. She said that when she was flailing around in the murky depths of the lake, trying to free herself, she opened her eyes and saw something that terrified her. It was the rotting face of a dead man, and she heard him whisper, Did you kill me? Marina said she blacked out, and when she woke up, she was on the bank next to the river. One of her guy friends had saved her. He saw her shouting and then disappear under the water, and he dived in after her. His quick reactions had saved her life. She told everybody what had happened when she was underwater, but no one believed her. They told her that she must have been hallucinating when she was drowning. I don't know whether or not I believed her story myself, but I could tell by the look on her face that she believed it. She begged me to come back to see her the next evening because she was afraid to be alone at night. She needed to have someone with her every night to rescue her from the clutches of this vile dead creature. I promised her that I would come back the next night. We spent the night together in her bed and in the morning I got up, took a shower, and went home. That evening when I was getting ready to go back to Marina's house, my mother came to my room and asked if I could babysit my little brother for a couple of hours while she was out. I agreed, but I warned her that I could only stay for two hours. She got dressed and left. 
I called Marina and said that I would see her in two hours, and she said she would wait for me. Two hours later, my mother still had not come home. I started to get nervous. Another hour passed, but still nobody came. I took out a book and began to read my brother a bedtime story. After half an hour, we both fell asleep. I woke up to the sound of keys opening the front door. When I opened my eyes, I saw that the sun was already shining through the windows. I rushed to the door and saw that there were my parents. They told me that in the movie they had gone to, they met friends and went to visit them. How could you do that? I said, and I burst into tears. I ran to the phone and dialed Marina's phone number, but there was no answer. I got quickly dressed and rushed over to Marina's house. When I got to the door, I saw that it was standing open, and there were a lot of people in uniform coming in and out of her apartment. I pushed my way inside, and before anyone could stop me, I saw Marina. She was lying on the floor beside her bed, covered with a sheet. I ran over to her, but someone grabbed me by the arm and said, "What are you doing here?" I turned my head and saw that the hand holding me belonged to a policeman. I told him I wouldn't say anything until I knew what happened. He told me that Marina had died. They thought she had been strangled. After they questioned me, the police took my fingerprints and released me. I ran all the way home, shut myself in my room, lay down on the bed, and began to cry. Three days later. I attended Marina's funeral. Every day, I go to the cemetery to visit her. I bring her favorite flowers and lay them on her grave. I still can't believe my best friend is gone. The strangest thing of all was what I found out from her mother. She said Marina was not strangled at all. The police did an autopsy and found four liters of water in her lungs. Somehow, while she was sleeping soundly in her own bed, Marina drowned. Did you drown me? Maybe next time, when you have the notion to go out for a midnight swim in the lake near your house, you'll think twice. Just make sure you check out the local legends and 
make sure it's not haunted first. (laughs) Well, that's all the time we have for this episode, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages and backgrounds. Thank you for tuning in and for your support. If you'd like to give more support, please go to patreon.com forward slash myhauntedolls and you can be a donor. I have different ways to give out there where you can get special gifts or you can just do a one-time donation. So be sure to check that out. It's been another great time for me. I always enjoy sharing these spooky, scary stories with you. And I hope to return to you before this month is out to share some more. But until then, take good care of yourself. Keep those doors and windows locked. Watch out for strangers and elevators and haunted places with scary legends. But still, by all means, have a happy haunting. (laughs) 